everybody has a dream. We all desire truth, justice, peace, love, and joy. And yet life rarely plays fair, nice or clean with our hopes and dreams. In the Old Testament, a man named Joseph discovered that palace dreams also mean pits and prisons, trouble and tragedy, regrets and repentance. Welcome to his story. On the third day, Joseph said to them, Do this and you will live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers stay here in prison, while the rest of you go and take grain back for your starving households. But you must bring your youngest brother to me, so that your words may be verified, and that you may not die. This they proceeded to do. They said to one another, Surely we're being punished because of our brother. Reuben replied, Didn't I tell you not to sin against the boy? But you wouldn't listen. Now he must give an accounting for his blood. They did not realize that Joseph could understand them, since he was using an interpreter. He turned away from them and began to weep. But then had Simeon taken from them and bound before their eyes. Genesis 42, 18-24 Only a few things strike immediate terror in the heart of any man or woman. Face to face with a spitting cobra, a tornado tearing through town, a stuck elevator between floors 144 and 145, a bulletin from the pilot to prepare for a crash landing, or that fear that pitches when the postman delivers the news. IRS audit. It's enough to send the tough and brave to their knees praying for divine intervention. Audits are necessary evils that verify our checks and balances. It's an accounting of math and motivations, the ability to follow instructions and personal integrity. When the tax man calls to scrutinize the ledger, only the pure will pass. If you must confess financial crimes, let them be ones of ignorance and omission, right? Unfortunately for Joseph and his ten brothers, the analysis of their activities already stinks. It's the reason the brothers spend 72 hours in solitary while a final audit is prepared. They don't recognize the prince of Egypt as their own flesh and blood, implying a terrible sin of outright ignorance or blatant omission. This band of brothers are either fools or fiends. Were they so self-deluded to seriously think Joseph was dead? Or so selfish they willingly forgot he even lived? Only Reuben connects the dots and proposes it's probably payback time. You can't run forever. The audit was delivered. Sin for sin. Blood for blood. Life for life. The tax man comes to make an accounting. Joseph was wrecked by Reuben's assessment, so much so that he weeps, but vows nevertheless to release all but one relative to return home. He's even going to sell them grain. The catch? Bring back baby brother. This was the ultimate test of their integrity and the opportunity to right any and all previous wrongs. Think about it. They're already one brother down, Joseph. So if they give him a second brother to be shortly named, that still leaves ten kids for daddy's legacy. Reuben's right. If this is some divine retribution, then pay the piper, be grateful for the grain, head for home, and never return. Pay the fraternal tithe, one-tenth of the remaining brothers, and call it a day. Maybe dad will understand, again. At least he'll still have baby Ben. Of course, all's well with that scenario until Simeon draws the short straw. 
Now he's looking at life while the rest of the brothers scoot home scotch-free. Boy, can I relate. It's easy in my spiritual life to cut the losses, make the necessary sacrifice, and be done with it. Even though showered with blessings more valuable than full grain sacks, I routinely miss the obvious. I'm either self-deluded or self-centered to an extreme. I stand before God with one hand out while the other hides, fingers crossed, behind my back. Occasionally, when I'm caught red-handed, I spin the truth to my corner, offer a sacrifice of time, treasure, or talent, and pray nothing worse comes. Better to be in the divine doghouse for a day than hang in hell forever. If I sense God wanting more from me, I stall and hope that short straw goes to another person. I suspect I'm not alone. I probably have plenty of brothers and sisters who do the same. It's no wonder God, like Joseph long ago, weeps and waits. Isn't God's word in Joseph's story inspiring? This is Dr. Rick Cromie. Thanks for listening, and may all your dreams come true. If you enjoyed this broadcast, I hope you'll become a part of the Mana family and sign up today to receive our inspirational resources and mailings. At Mana Educational Services International, we work hard to inspire, insight, and ignite your church, school, or organization's teachers, leaders, and parents. You can sign up today and learn more about us and what we do at www.manasolutions.org.